Hello, everyone. You're listening to Interest Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be interviewing a very special guest, our very own Anotar, class of 2021, and her freshman year at Vanderbilt University. Good morning, Anotar. It's a pleasure to have you join us today in our college series of renewal episodes. Thank you for being here. Morning. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, so to start off, let's talk about your journey to Vanderbilt and generally the U.S. higher education. Uh, you were previously accepted to the University of Toronto in all three of their campuses. What was the deciding factor in your gap year, and why is it why was it Vanderbilt's out of the fifty fifty three hundred colleges in the U.S.? Mm. So in my senior year, I got accepted to the University of Toronto, which is a very high-ranking college, and also it's like a very um, high-ranking college, not only in the world but specifically for poli sci, which I'm majoring in. But I decided against not against University of Toronto mainly because of the amount of scholarship and financial aid, because it wasn't generous enough that I could just go there without paying much. So. Especially when uh, a student is coming from a third world country and developing country like Mongolia, it's very hard to afford the tuition of countries like Australia, Canada, or the U.S. Right. So, because of that reason, I decided to not go to University of Toronto and take a gap year and try applying to mainly U.S. colleges again. And I chose like U.S. mainly because. U.S. typically U.S. colleges and private institutions uh, are known for a uh, generous financial aid, so that's the reason why I mainly apply to U.S. colleges. And if I'm ask, answering the question, why specifically Vanderbilt? Um, Vanderbilt's always been in the back of my mind since I was in ninth grade. When I was in ninth grade. Um, like college admissions, some some college admissions officers came to a hobby. So it was like Dartmouth, Vanderbilt, and some Washington something university. Those three colleges uh, came to hobby, and that's the first time I learned about Vanderbilt and other colleges. And as and at that moment, I was like, oh, this college is, I. I had a VR set, and then it was like a VR campus tour, and I was like, "Oh, the campus is so pretty." I I couldn't like comprehend how like a university college campus can be that pretty, because in my mind, like when I picture college, it's like Mongolian colleges, which are like scattered in around the city, very old not nice, not pretty, not developed in any way. But it was like, it defied all expectations I had for college in a way. So, and also what uh, the other thing that caught my attention was like, oh, Vanderbilt student, Vanderbilt is located in a city called Nashville. And um, Vanderbilt students uh, go on transportation in Nashville for free using their like student ID card and things like that. I was like, because I like free stuff, I was like, oh, this college is very generous. This college is very nice. Um, that's how I came to know Vanderbilt, but if, but I decided to, I 
applied early decision two to Vanderbilt. I decided to do or ED2 to Vanderbilt because um, of the good financial, like generous financial aid. Vanderbilt like stands very, um, ha right, ranks very highly on the uh, generous amount of financial aid list for US colleges and also a beautiful campus and very engaging and rigorous academics, I think. And another thing we're interested in is how you spend your gap year. Was it more like your year of rest and relaxation or was it full on grind? What would you advise kids that are thinking of gap year right now? For me, my gap year was not full of grind. Mine was just resting and not doing much. But I'm very glad that I did that because especially for high achievers, uh, they always have this thought in the back of their mind being like, oh, you're not being productive. You have to be productive. Why are you wasting time? Like, what are you doing with your life? This kind of thing. But during my gap year, I try my best not to listen to those thoughts and be like, feel, have this imposter syndrome. Like, oh, all of your friends are at other colleges. All of your friends are doing something, accomplishing something with their lives. And what are you doing? You're still at home. What, have, what, have, what has changed from a year back? Like nothing, like all this intrusive thoughts. I, I decided really, I decided not to listen to those things and let my body rest for a year. And it was a good decision because now I'm able to, I feel like I'm able to, um, understand the meaning and understand the importance of um, mental health and like also just academics better because when I finally took a rest I have finally had time to step away from everything and ask myself like why do I really want to pursue a, a higher higher education why do I really want to like major in this specific thing why do why do I really want to be the person I say I want to be kind of deal so when you're in the middle of everything when you're like when you have schoolwork, when you have a lot of responsibilities, you don't really have time to think and reflect on a lot of things. But by taking a gap year and by specifically allowing myself to rest, I feel like I was able to explore all those things and know myself better. Uh, for advice for gap year students, um, gap year shouldn't be defined by anything. Like, if you want to spend your gap year doing absolutely nothing, then in a way that's productive, but, and if you want to spend your gap year like grinding and like finding so many internships and doing projects and um, honing specific skills, things like that, that's also good. I don't feel like gap year should be like defined by one certain thing and be like, oh, it has to be like this. And if you're not doing this in your gap year, you're failing kind of deal. At the end of the day, it should be the person's decision as to how they want to spend their time. But the main, the most important thing is if you're fulfilled by whatever you're doing and if whatever you're doing is good for your mental health, physical health, and just at the advancement. Because I took a rest, I'm, a, I, I'm able to, um, succeed more at college because now like I'm not tired I'm not burnt out so I'm able to like um learn more at college and things like that right so in a way for me rest was very productive so yeah and challenge yourself 
and do what's more comfortable and do what's best for you. Uh, if you're comfortable sharing, what were your extracurriculars and how would you recommend high schoolers to manage their time without burning out and still be productive? Mm. So when I was in high school, I did a lot of extracurriculars. Whenever I look back now, I'm like, how did I survive those years? Um, I did debate um, clubs like Interact, um, Student Council, Peer Learning Club, and from time to time, there were like different um, projects and internships that I did during breaks or things like that uh, in terms of extracurriculars. So I had a lot on my plate on top of schoolwork. I had like million club work to manage and especially I was I joined debate since I was like in ninth, eighth, ninth grade and debate is very time consuming and debate requires a lot of effort and time. So for me, handling and managing everything was pretty stressful. And I think at one point, if you're like challenging yourself that much and if you're doing a lot of things at the same time, at one point you are going to be burnt out. Like there's no way escaping that. But um, I would say things that will help you, things that help would help you not to like get really burnt out and like start to dislike all the things you do is like surround yourself with people who um, do the same things as you and the, the people who understand you and is there to support you. For example, like all my friends, mainly they did all of these other like clubs at school and extracurriculars, debate clubs, a student council interact with me. And because they were there to listen to me and understand me, when I, whenever I'm like ranting about how stressful a certain thing is there, they are there to first listen, but also understand what I'm talking about because they themselves are going through the same thing, right? So because I had that support group, because I had that group that I could like fall back on, it was very nice for me to, it was just easier for me to handle everything and be like, I'm not alone in this. Like my friends are there to understand me. My, like my, there's other peers that feel the way I feel and I'm not alone in this. So in a way that made me feel a lot better and help me manage things but emotion emotions aside right also like practically if I, for example I was co-president for at the intra club with my best friend Ayuka one of my best friends Ayuka and because I was like because we were both co-presidents we handled like we separated tasks equally and it was, like the just the amount of work amount of work and tasks we had to do by ourselves decreased a lot because we were like sharing our burden in a way. So yeah, surround yourself with people who do the same things as you and people who understand you as in like good friends. What's a good start to college research? Uh, what was the process like for you specifically? Um, of course, like look at the lists and rankings. But when you're doing a college research, your college research shouldn't only be about, oh, 
which college ranks better than this? Oh, because this specific college ranks one, like fifth place and this specific college ranks seventh place, I should only apply and inspire for like the fifth college, things like that. I think numbers are arbitrary and like not really a good way of like measuring things. It, like, you know, numbers are good in a way that it gives you an idea of how good a specific college is. But like ranking number five and ranking number seven, ranking at number seven, they're not, the difference is not that huge. They're both good colleges. What matter, but what matters is they're both good colleges. You, you just have to get that from that list and don't like care too much about numbers is what I'm gonna say. And care, instead care about like the small things about the college. Because whenever, when I was doing my college research, I asked myself like, I am gonna be living in this in this environment for four years. So I want to choose an environment that I want to live in. For example, like people don't really, I feel like care about small things when it comes to college research as in, oh, the weather, the location, all those like, obviously like ranking financial aid, uh, academic programs and all those things are very important. But what's also important are like those little things that people don't really care research about like better location and all those things. For me, I didn't want to go to a big city, but I also didn't want to go to a campus that was located in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of mountains and stuff, because I really wanted to have the uh, uh, choice, have the cho choice of like going and exploring the city, but I didn't want to be surrounded, be in a big city like New York and like, be part of that big last busy city's life. I wanted some peace in my life. So in a way, another reason I chose Vanderbilt was because like Nashville, it's located in like in the middle of a city, Nashville, but Nashville is not a really big city, but I still on weekends I can go out and eat. But it, if I was in at a college that was in like middle of nowhere, in the middle of mountains, like I don't really have choice to go out and eat or like shop do shopping and spend time with my friends over the weekend things like that right and better is it if it's a four season if it's like only summer how hot it is blah 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 and all these other things really matter so when you're doing your college research like ask yourself what kind of environment do I want to be in what kind of student do I want to surround myself with do I want to surround myself with tryhards and people who really try hard like people who are really competitive or do I want to surround myself with people who are more supportive and understanding blah 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 and yeah ask yourself what kind of environment in what kind of home do I want to live in because in a way you're just choosing and creating your home for the next four years so be very mindful okay now let's talk about the application process to vendor book what is the application process to Vanderbilt like in terms of having any college-specific supplemental material, like how Brown University require applicants to submit a video? Vanderbilt is pretty straightforward. You have to, like to most all colleges, um, like to most colleges, you have to uh, submit your personal statement, your common F main essay, uh, for Vanderbilt, when I was applying, there was only one supplement, which asked us to like write about and expand on one of our one of the extracurriculars that we did during our high school. That's 
meant like a lot to us kind of deal. But I heard this year the supplement is like it's one supplement, but there's like two prompts. The old prompt about extracurriculars and a new prompt about like the, the were you ever in a discussion that that challenged your old ideals and beliefs and how so what did you talk about and what did you learn from the experience kind of deal uh, i'm not really sure about on that um so only one supplement and you can submit your resume if you don't really want to you can't you, it's optional so it's pretty straightforward yeah uh what was the hardest part of your application do you have any so did do you have any self-identity crisis involving stories? The hardest part for me was writing their personal statement. Um, it's extremely hard to like summarize yourself in a way, summarize the whole identity the whole of your identity in 650 words. That's like less than a page. And like say, oh, this is me in 650 words. Like, what are you supposed to say? What are you supposed to write about? That makes the people go like, wow, I should admit this kid kind of deal. Um, so that was very challenging. And I, Whenever I was writing something, after I wrote something, I was like, is this really me? So did, did I exaggerate? Did I lie? And like, does this really sound like me? I had those questions. I was like, in a way I was denying myself, denying the existence of my experiences, even though I went through, my, through those experiences, even though I was the one who handled all those things and learned all those lessons I wrote about. After I wrote about it, I was like, I was just questioning my own experiences and being like, did that really happen to you? I was like, just playing a very evil character to myself and like just torturing myself by asking, by invalidating myself of experiences and emotions. So that was pretty hard for me because I kept doing that after every essay. Um, but in a way, like the bright side is I was pushing myself, pushing myself to be truthful and honest to who I was when I was writing essays. I was like always constantly, there was this constant pressure for me to write honestly and write truthful things. And when you're honest about your experiences and emotions, I feel like that's the most touching and moving essays and pieces of writings are the ones that are brutally honest and that are not afraid to like state the straight truth and fact. Um, yeah, I feel like those are the most touching and moving essays. So in a way, I think that was good. Uh, as you stated earlier, financial aid pay, played a big part in choosing Vanderbilt. Was Vanderbilt generous in terms of awarding financial aid? How was the system like? Um, you just have to prove that the fam your family income, your um yearly fam annual annual family income is like less than 
I don't remember, like $75,000, $80,000 a year. Um, and obviously for like an Mongolian economy, most, like not, okay, majority of Mongolian students and Mongolian families make less than that, right? So it's not really that hard to prove. You just have to submit a lot of like uh, documents. You're like, oh, how much do we spend on food a year? Like you have to calculate and all those things and submit this form called, I think CS, CSS. Okay, it's been a long time. I don't remember. Um, and so the main challenge here is not getting financial aid. Like the main challenge is getting accepted to a good college. If you're accepted to a good college and if you have proved that your family income is less than this threshold, right? Then you're gonna get like, the chances of you getting financial aid is really high. So just the hardest thing is first getting accepted. And I, like, I just told myself, I just have to get into a college and like, financial aid is gonna take care of itself because those schools are rich, right? And if they really want me, they're gonna like, so um, they're gonna get money for me to be there kind of deal. Um, so yes, uh, in terms of how generous it was, Vanderbilt, as I said before, ranks pretty high. I don't remember, I might be lying, but I feel like it ranks like number one according to this one review on generous financial aid so compared to like other colleges like compared to my friends at other colleges that are like typically regarded as better like ivy league colleges stanford's and princeton's of the world my financial aid package was better than theirs for example so very generous financial aid come to vanderbilt <laughs> Uh, now let's move on to how your life is like at Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt offers over 500 student organizations to connect with its community. Knowing you as the academic powerhouse, how are your extracurriculars in college going and what's different from high school clubs? The main difference is, for example, in terms of academics, in high school, like the minimum amount of class you have each year is like eight. I think, and then it, it's like usually 10, 11, 12, or like, if it's so crazy, it's like 14. Like a lot of classes to take care of, a lot of homeworks to do, a lot of things to memorize, blah, blah, blah. A lot of different subjects to just study for. My college, you usually for each semester, there's like fall and spring semester usually. And for each semester, you choose either like four to five classes so like compared to high school, it feels like a lot less work, right? Because you don't have to prepare for 10 different tests. You just have to prepare for like four tests. But as the quantity of classes decreased, the, like the amount of workload increases exponentially. So that's the main difference between high school and college. And college, of course, is like the courses and are gonna be more time consuming, more challenging and harder in a way. Hmm. So that's that was pretty new, not really new, but like for me now, I 
like all of my classes, I love my professors. My professors are like very good at what they're teaching, very passionate about their topic, very like cares deeply about their students. I that's and that those are the reasons why I love my professors. They're just very good teachers. And I like all the subjects I'm studying, topics I'm studying for, but Whenever I think about the workload, um, I, I just want to cry. <laughs> um, yeah, college is definitely more stressful and challenging. But compared to high school, I feel like I'm being more I'd like intellectually fulfilled and challenged at the same time. How strict is Vanderbilt when it comes to the classes do you take? Does it have to relate to your major or is it relatively open? Vanderbilt is a university. So it's not a liberal arts college like Williams, Amherst, uh, Swarthmore. So I feel like the main difference is for Vanderbilt, we have four different colleges, College of Arts and Sciences, College of Engineering, um, Peabody School of Education, um and Blair School of Music yeah I think those are the four main um, colleges at Vanderbilt and then if you are for example a CS major you're gonna be in the College of Engineering and College of Engineering has its own uh, prerequisites and requirements for you to graduate like you have to take this amount of liberal arts courses you have to take this this classes and it's different for every college for, for example if you're uh pre-med if, if you're on the pre-med track or if you're in a poli-sci track you're part of the college of arts and sciences and like there's this actual requirement and just every college and at Vanderbilt has different requirements to fulfill so in a way because you're at in a college that's specifically for your major, the courses you're gonna take and all the all those requirements compared to other colleges are more like direct, like focuses more on your field in a way. Like if you're a STEM kid, you're gonna take more STEM classes than liberal arts colleges. Like liberal compared to compared that to like more liberal like actual liberal arts colleges like Williams and Amherst and Browns of the world. Um, they're more like open to open in a way you can like choose and like uh, you can take whatever class you want to take and like you can just explore a lot. But because at Vanderbilt, you have a lot of like major prerequisites, major requirements on top of that, you, because you have your specific school requirements, like you don't really have much room to explore around compared to other like open curriculum colleges. That's the main difference. Is the community at Vanderbilt competitive or helpful? So that's the thing I really love about Vanderbilt is I've always imagined if I'm coming to an academically rigorous and challenging college, like the kids are high achievers. They did so much in their high schools. They're real all smart. So the chances of them being very competitive is high. 
So I always imagined I'm I would come to a cutthroat competition environment. But like Vanderbilt was is very different so far. Um everyone is so eager to help each other. There's no cutthroat competition. Like everyone's friendly, supportive. And if I'm for example, I'm taking Korean this semester and oh my god, I'm so bad. And like some I have a hard time memorizing vocab words and like language in and of itself is very challenging because you're like starting everything from ground zero. And you would think like in discussions, my discussion partner is gonna be annoyed because like most of the time I don't know what I'm doing there. But he's like very supportive. Like he's honestly, he's a big contributing factor as to how I'm improving Korean. And because he's there not to like judge me, because I don't feel judged, because I feel supported, and because he's there to like help me and like be patient with me when I'm like struggling to like uh, struggling to say the word for to do your homework and those things because of how. He, supportive and I, I he makes me feel I'm able to like disregard everything and just be like okay I can do this and believe in myself in a way so just being in that supportive environment and is very nurturing and it makes learning a lot easier uh unfortunately it is time for us to end the interview uh it was an honor to have you join us today and thank you for accepting the offer Thank you. Thank you for having me.